0: Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of Ask Simi. This podcast was created because I kept getting DMs um, on my Instagram and my Twitter account. Just questions about a variety of different topics that I felt like I didn't really have the time to fully answer. Um, and I really, the questions were some of the questions were very important and I felt like I didn't want to rush answers either. Um, And I didn't want people to feel like they were ignored. So I decided to make a little mini podcast where you guys can go ahead and send me questions and I will try my very best to answer them as honestly as possible on this platform. Um, I also had received a few requests um, to do something with my voice and a lot of people kept telling me like oh you should do this you should you should make a podcast you should make something do voiceover something and I figured that the easiest thing to do would be to do podcasts because I don't even know how to get into voiceovers I wouldn't even know where to begin so um, I figured this would be the simplest simplest task to take on and before we begin, I do want to give a little background information on myself. Um, you guys know me as Simi Moonlight on all my platforms. Uh, I usually go by Simi. Simi is a nickname for Asimwe, which is my middle name. Um, it is Swahili for "I believe God loves me." I am. My family is from Uganda. I am a first generation um American African American child. I was born and raised in Philadelphia um until about 14, 13, 14 years old, then I moved to Delaware where I went to high school and spent the majority of my adult life there. I I am twenty two years old. I turned twenty-three in July of this year. <laughs> I'm a cancer. Um, if you couldn't if you didn't already guess. My name on my platforms comes from my nickname Simi and then the moonlight part is basically because I'm obsessed with the moon. So <laughs> there's really no no explanation for that. I'm obsessed with the moon. I love the moon. Um I feel like I have a connection with the moon even though I'm sure I don't but you know that is my the moon is my thing so I've always been a big fan and that's where that comes from um I don't really know what else what else to give I gave like my little mini life story um as many of you may know I love to write I have a few other hobbies. I like to DJ. I'm still learning how to be good at it, (laughs) but I think I'm pretty okay for right now. Um, I like to write. I like to DJ. What else do I like to do? I just, I like to do anything that catches my interest, really. Um, I currently go to school for psychology, and I plan to become a doctor of philosophy in either criminology or psychology and my what I feel to be my life work my life's work is destigmatizing and decriminalizing mental health um especially if not if not um only in the black community um I feel like my entire life has been related to mental health in some way or fashion and i've always wanted to be helpful within that field and i feel like i feel like within the recent years especially this year and a part of last year i have been moved to go that route so i am hoping and praying and and working towards that goal Um, I have a few things coming up that I'm very excited to share with you guys that I can't yet, but um, hopefully um, you guys are able to see what I'm working on within the next few months. And that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah, I'm just a, I'm just a, really, I'm just a college student. I really just like to tell people, you know, despite the followers on Instagram, despite the followers on Twitter, like, I'm really just a normal, well... I guess I don't really like to use words like normal, but what would constitute as normal college student? Like I'm not really not that interesting, (laughs) but um, yeah, I keep my head in my books and that's that. Um, And I do I do want to give like a little disclaimer before I get started. I, I already mentioned it, but speaking verbally is not. Or maybe I didn't mention it, but speaking verbally is really not my biggest, it's not my strong suit. I'm a writer. I am very good at writing things and explaining things um, in a written form. I, (laughs) I never really ventured off into speaking publicly. So please, please, please forgive me if you hear me say, um, if you hear me pause for a long time, if you hear me do anything that just would be verbally incorrect to do. Um, I am someone, see there I go again, Um, (laughs) but I am someone who is very okay with existing within my imperfections. I find that the more that I am accepting of those imperfections, the less that I'm ruled by them. So I'm pretty sure that by the third or fourth episode, you won't hear me say um, but this is the first episode. So um, I'm gonna, (laughs) I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna exist how I exist and not really try to be perfect um because I don't see I'm I'm really bad at it but I just don't believe in I don't really believe in perfection honestly I think perfection is a facade and people that strive to get there are only going to be disappointed and I remember I used to be one of those people. So I've decided that I don't want to live a life of disappointment. I just want to live an honest life. So this is me being honest in my imperfections and my in my imperfect speech. And I hope that you guys are able to bear with me through it. Now, to start off, um, I did want to answer... I did want to answer... Three very important questions that I have received over the last few weeks. The first question that I have received is in regards to a tweet that I have posted some time ago about love, accessibility, and reciprocation. This is a topic that is... It hits home because... It has been a reoccurring theme in my life, especially in my um, romantic life, but also um, within my platonic life, within my familial life. Um, This theme of love and accessibility and reciprocation has been ongoing. And I'm sure that there is a very important lesson that I am meant to learn. I feel like... With each situation, I'm learning the important lessons. But I also am trying to get to a point where I'm no longer going through these same situations, right? So I feel like the lessons that I'm supposed to be learning are supposed to be teaching me how to no longer be in these situations where I feel like I'm not getting or I'm not receiving or I'm not doing enough within my relationships now the tweet that um, this person had asked me or had reference to when they asked me their question was something along the lines of I believe it was my love for someone is not based on reciprocity but their accessibility to me is based on reciprocity and it always will be. Now, when I had initially when I had initially tweeted that, I really didn't expect it to get as much traction as it did. Um, but it, it did. It got a lot, it got a lot of um like a lot of traction, a lot of circulation, and I got a lot of DMs in regards to it. Now, I don't want people thinking I'm some sort of, I'm some sort of love guru or whatever. Like, I honestly, my love life is, it's, it's, (laughs) it's boring. I'm not a love guru. I'm not a, I don't know. I really, I know as much as the next person, honestly. Um, Because I get a lot of people who ask me for advice in their relationships and I tell them, like, I cannot give you professional advice because I honestly don't. I feel like I'm still in my learning stages, you know. I'm young, I'm still in my learning stages. I don't know everything. I don't think that there's anyone that knows everything, but I think that there are some people who know more than what I do. Um, I'm just a person that's honest. So I think that's that's why people think that I know, I I got the keys or something, and I really don't. (laughs) I really don't. But when this person had sent me their DM, they asked me to expand on what I had tweeted, and they asked me to explain what, what I mean, um, explain what it means to love someone but to not give them access to you if they're not giving you what you feel like you need out of their relationship. And um, it's it's difficult for me to talk about these things because I, I I'm actually just... <laughs> very recently going through another a situation just like what was asked um where i you know i have love for someone i care about them i um you know always wish the best for them but unfortunately i can't allow them to have certain access to me because i feel like i feel like they don't i feel like my well-being is not a priority to them right and not to say I need my well-being to be their top priority I don't even need it to be their fifth priority right I could be at the bottom of the list but the point is that I am on the list of priorities as a friend as a lover as whoever if I have someone in my life I want to make sure that they feel like they are seen and heard and understood by me No matter how busy I am so it's difficult for me to expand on this now but I'm going to try my very best (laughs) to do so when I say that I can love someone and not expect reciprocation from them this would be something like I, I love, okay, for example, I love my parents, right? I love my family, but I know that the things that I can give them that, I know that the things that I can give them aren't the things that they give me, right? They give me, they give me things, but it's not, it is not identical to the things that I give them or the emotional labor that I give them right? And I'm okay with that. I love them. I love them regardless of what they're able to give me, right? But there are certain parts of myself that they don't have access to because I know that there's nothing that they can do. Like, there's nothing that they would be able to give me with that access, if that makes sense. Hopefully that makes sense to the people that are listening. So... For example, my family is My family is very, well, I won't say my family, but my my mom and my well, my mom. My mom really is a very religious person. Um, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. I don't really believe in the religions that have been presented to me. Um, I believe in God. And I am journeying through that belief, right? But she is a, she's a, she's, I believe she's Christian now, but she used to be Catholic. But either way, there's, has always been a religious aspect within her beliefs. Now, I love my mother. (laughs) I love her to death. Um, But the spiritual parts of me, of myself, I don't give her access to. Because I know that it's going to become a thing of, well, why don't you believe this in the same way that I believe this? Right? She's not gonna be able to reciprocate the same things that I give her. She she's gonna want me to reciprocate the things, same things that she gives me within that aspect. And I won't be able to. So I just don't give her access to that part of me. And that's pretty much it. Like it's just it's it seems simple but it's not always I mean it seems difficult but it's not always as difficult as it sounds um it's really just based on boundaries access is based on boundaries my love is not based on boundaries like the the basis of my love is not based on boundaries the basis of my love is not based on what I can get or what I can give or what I need but the basis of my access to someone or of you know Their access to me is based on those things. Um, Another way to put it is... Another way to put it is basically... It's basically like loving someone from afar. Right? For example... um, I've had... A family member that had that was ill with addiction and you know I love them love them to death right but their access to me um, had to be limited because I there was nothing that I could do for them that they that they didn't need to do for themselves right Um, a situation where someone has addiction it's it's a very touchy and very sensitive situation for most people because uh, when you are limiting someone's access to you this person that has an addiction it almost feels like you're giving up on them right it almost feels like you are telling them you know whatever I can't there's nothing I can't help you I can't do this and um, the biggest thing that I've learned is that you have to let go of that mentality that revoking access means giving up. Right? Because it doesn't. It doesn't. Access can change. Access the the limits of access don't have to be permanent. Right. So I had this family member who, you know, who was an addict. Um they they had issues with alcohol um I don't believe that they had issues with any hard drugs but it was, they had issues with alcohol and their access to the rest of the family had to be limited in order for them to get themselves in order like they the thing with that is you can't help people that don't want to be helped and sometimes the only way to help someone is to revoke their access to you because sooner or later if you keep giving them access knowing that you you are not getting what you need out of the relationship and knowing that they are not getting what they need out of the relationship you guys will just become enablers to each other giving each other the things that you don't need the things that are um very close to ruining you those are the that's what happens when you don't provide those boundaries, when you don't set those boundaries, it becomes an enabling relationship. So when I had to, or when our family had to revoke that access from them, it didn't mean that we didn't love them. We still love them to this day. And, you know, now that they, they're they better, of course, um, they've gotten better, but it was they got better because they didn't they didn't have that access. You know, I'm sure that there were other things that attributed to their progress and in, into their recovery, but it was also because that they saw they saw what it was like to not be able to be around us, to not be able to be with us, and they decided that that was not the life that they wanted to live and they got themselves in order and they were able to go ahead and remedy those situations um for themselves and bring themselves back. And throughout the whole time um this person did express that they never thought that we didn't love them just because we told them that they couldn't see us until they felt until they felt like they really wanted help or until they got themselves help. And that's pretty much all all that there is to that. I don't want to spend too much time on that because there's so many different ways to explain that concept of love and access and reciprocation. But I figured that um, that example of someone with addiction would be the easiest way to explain it. Another thing that I want to um, express on is when I had made that tweet... I was referring directly to a romantic situation that I was in. Um, But love and access and reciprocation aren't only valid in romantic situations. Like I just explained, of course, you know, a familial situation, right? Um, But there's also platonic situations and there's also professional situations. And it's... This is something that can be applied to pretty much any relationship that you have in your life. And it's all about your willingness to sit down with yourself and understand what it is that you need, what it is that you want, how it is that you want to achieve those things, and what you feel like you need to do or what boundaries you feel like you need to set in order to get those things. Um... Sometimes it's difficult though. Right because I like I said this is a touchy subject for me because of the recent situation um that I have going on but or that I had going on no longer. <laughs> but um it's it's difficult sometimes right because there will be people who will attempt to make you feel like almost like you aren't deserving of the things that you are asking for or not that you're not deserving, but that they that you're asking for too much that you are that you are trying to force your hand on something that you are needy, that you are this, that you are that right and and just to be clear the all of those are anyone that tries to convince you of that is someone that is trying to manipulate you and also someone that doesn't care about you right because it would make sense for them to say that if it was an absurd request like if you were like you can't have access to me because you don't wear a blue tie every single day like that's absurd That's absurd. I mean, you're right. (laughs) You know, you're right to want that. Of course, you can want whatever it is that you want, but that's an absurd request. That's an absurd thing to need out of someone or to want out of someone every single day. Like, that's just ridiculous. Um, Like, it would be it would make sense for them to say that if you were doing that or if you were demanding things that, you know, this person cannot give or whatever. If you were demanding things that you not even demanding, but if you were just asking for things that, you know, this person cannot give you or that you know is impossible at the moment or that you know is just not financially suitable or whatever, right? It would make sense. Every every situation varies. Right? No one situation is the same. But when you know in your heart that you're not making an absurd request or when you know in your heart that you are worthy of the things that you're asking for that you deserve the things that you're asking for, right? It is important and essential that you do not that you do not let someone make you feel like you should not be asking for those things right It's very important and it's very important to not allow um Whatever, not allow this person to make you feel bad or make you feel lessened or kind of mess with your self esteem when they decide that they are not going to give it to you right It's not a reflection on you when you don't get what you want when when you aren't getting the things that you deserve. It's not a reflection on you. It usually never is um it's a reflection on the person that you really wanted to give those things to you. It's, it's a fault of theirs. not even a fault, but it's just... it's, They're unable right now. They're unable. And that's not a reflection on you. And I don't ever want someone to feel like... You know, that they're less than because they can't seem to... They can't seem to get what it is that they feel like they deserve. So that's just another important part that I wanted to add in there and i feel like there's so much that i could say about this topic like there's there's just endless endless conversations that i could have with individuals about this um uh, because it's so complex um it sounds it sounds difficult yet it's so simple but it's also a complex idea and concept because it varies by situation and it varies by individual and it's just it's so much it's so much but I'm hoping that what I did say was helpful and if anyone feels like they didn't understand something or they you know if the person that actually asked me this question by the way feels like I didn't answer it correctly then just let me know shoot me a dm and I will feel free to expand on it in the next podcast for sure or talk about it again in the next podcast, for sure. But I do want to move on to the next question. So, and I, you know, I thought about this a lot when, like, how I was going to present questions in the podcast, you know, because for an ask, I don't know if you guys have ever, like, read an ask column or something like that. But, you know, they'll be like, dear, dear whoever. And I didn't know if I was going to say the questions like that. But I feel like, I don't want to be, I feel like that's like corny or cheesy or something, but, so I don't want to do that. But, you know, if you guys do want to write me the questions like that, that would be pretty cute and cool. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so the next question was, was about my dating life. I think someone just asked me what my dating life was like, like not to hit on me, but just to be like, oh, what's your dating life like? Because I know that you are, I think they said, I know that you are a prominent Well, not prominent, because I really don't think I'm, like, a prominent anything yet. But they said, I know that you are someone who is well-versed in feminism and womanism. And um, you know about things like misogyny and patriarchy. And I wanted to know what your dating life is like because of that. (laughs) And I laughed at this question. I laughed at this question because I, I'm constantly thinking about this and I'm constantly being asked this question. And I think it's so funny. I think it's very funny um, that people ask me this because honestly, the, <laughs> the answer that I have is that I don't date. I just don't. <laughs> but that's not true, though, right? That's not entirely true. Um, because you know a girl, a girl has her needs too but it's I will say and I'm going to expand on this I'm going to expand on this more than the question asked because I feel like in order for me to explain what my dating life is like I need to explain why my dating life is like that so I would love to sit here and say I don't date but in reality, I really, I really don't. I really don't go looking for dates. I really don't go looking to date. Um. I. I have relations with with individuals, right? And even within those relations, there is always that, that red flaw of patriarchy misogyny something that is just oh that is just there like staring at me telling me that this relationship cannot go any further until this is resolved right and it's like I can't I'm at a point in my life where when I come across misogyny or patriarchy in whatever way that I come across it within my relationships, I'm not in the position to teach anymore, right? So that, that's why I say I just don't date because it's like I almost know that this is going to be a problem in one fashion or another. And this is something mis- misogyny and patriarchy are too... Like any form of misogyny, misogynoir, transmisogynoir, anything, anything that is under, that is a subsystem of patriarchy is something that I am not willing to compromise on. Right? That, you know, I'm a big fan of compromise. I feel like compromise could get us far, but these are things when it comes to, when it comes to the well-being of women that look like me, of women that are like me, of women that even have nothing to do with me. When it comes to the well-being of black women, of hispanic women, of any of any ethnicity of women, but specifically black women, right? Almost only black women because I feel like those are the ones we are the ones that get the the least um the least amount. Of deserved respect um, when it comes to the well-being of black women I am just not willing to compromise on that I'm not and it doesn't matter how small how small the the offense is, right so for example I have or I had <laughs> um, I I dated a guy who was pretty well versed in feminism so he said, not even well-versed, but he, he was aware. He was aware of misogyny. He was aware of patriarchy. He was aware of these systems that... Are built to keep women down. He was very much aware of these things, right? We would have conversations about them. When I used to say men are trash, when I still say, by the way, when <laughs> don't think as I say used to say, I don't still say it, right? When I used when I would say things like men are trash or whatever, like in a joking way, he would always agree with me. Like we were there, we were at that level, we understood each other on that level, and I, and I, I loved it, right? I, I was like. I, was, I really was, like, struck for a minute. I was like, wow, like, this could really be, this could be, this could be it. Like, you know, like, I could be good right here with this person. And then a problem came up. And the thing with, with these systems, right, with patriarchy and all of its subsystems, is that you think that it is completely eradicated, from someone's behavior until it comes to their personal behavior, right? And that's something that I'm finding, it keeps coming up, right? So I'll meet these guys who are, like, pretty well-versed or pretty pretty well aware of um, these systems like patriarchy, misogyny, and so on and so on, but they won't know how to apply that same knowledge to their personal relationships. So a lot of them will think, well, I'm not abusive, check, right i'm not physically abusive check i'm not mentally abusive check i'm not emotionally abusive check so i feel like i'm good like i'm straight i don't i don't need to do anything else i am the perfect man i am i am a non abusive person everyone should come and try to date me right or you should be honored to date me or whatever right but there's always a problem with that because not being abusive which in in layman terms, it really means not being a piece of shit. Does not mean that you need to be rewarded. It doesn't mean that you're special. It just means that you are a decent human being. Right? Like the rest of us who aren't abusive. I don't get a, an award for not being an abusive person. Why should you? And... That was, the th- that was the issue that came up within this relationship because they were emotionally intelligent up to a certain point. They had all of the basic things checked off. They had all of the major concepts checked off, right? But when it came to applying that knowledge to our relationship, there would be certain things that they would say or do that would rub me the wrong way. Like, of course, they would never call women bitches or anything like that, but it was the way that they navigated through their romantic relationships that would bother me. It was this display of of power within the relationships, which was really like a display of misogyny and patriarchy or whatever, that would bother me. And I used to always tell them, I'm like, you know, as much as you feel like you are This person who is just, you know, has basic knowledge of these things that women face. You really need to put a microscope onto your own actions and your own behaviors. And when I said that to them, right, you know, it just it became an issue. They didn't want to take accountability for that because they had already had it made up. They had made it made. What am I trying to say? My goodness. They had it made up in their head. (laughs) <laughs> there we go. Had it made up in their head that they were already this like awesome person because they didn't abuse the people in their life. And I eventually just had to let that go because it that was not all there was to it. And um, it's difficult. It's difficult dating while having this knowledge. I will admit that. I will admit that it's difficult dating as a black person, as a black woman who, who was heterosexual, right? Because I'm a cis heterosexual black woman who obviously I got stuck with men, but also it's just difficult because I, I've grown into this woman who isn't willing to just be satisfied when a man treats me with respect because that's usually not enough for me right i need to know i need to know and understand that you treat all women with respect you treat them with respect you don't abuse them in any form or fashion you don't talk down on them you don't wield your power um against them you don't you just don't don't treat them with anything but love and respect. And I find that it's difficult to get a hold of that because a lot of the times men will say, I love women, I always take care of them, I always respect them. But in reality, the things that they do or the the things that they say don't reflect that. They don't always reflect that. And, you know, sometimes I I... I'm not a person who's just like, oh, sorry, you're a misogynist, got to throw you away. Usually, depending on the length of the relationship, if I see something that bothers me, if I see something that I feel like, you know, isn't in alignment with what it is that I desire out of a relationship um, when it comes to these things, I usually am willing to sit down and have a conversation about it. But it's always when I'm willing to sit down and have a conversation about it that it becomes an issue. Because I feel like a lot of the people that think that they are, like a lot of the men that think that they are advocates for black women actually end up being just like these narcissistic assholes that just like feel like because, you know, they have these basic concepts down that they are above criticism, and I'm really here to tell you that you're not. Nobody is above criticism. Nobody. Nobody living on this planet is above criticism. And when when I try to critique, and not even really critique, but when I try to explain, when, I, when I'm giving a teaching moment, right? Because this is my experience, and I'm trying to teach you about it. I'm trying to tell you about it. When I'm giving a teaching moment, I'm always experiencing mansplaining, someone's trying to mansplain something to me, someone is telling me that I'm wrong for having my feelings, someone is telling me that they are not I'm not correct. Someone is telling Someone is just always speaking over me, and it is always within that moment that I say, "Okay." So this is the point when I'm giving up on this, right? Because you didn't even when I came to confront you, you displayed all all of the factors. Of the very things that you say you don't do. Speaking over woman, That's misogyny. Speaking over black women. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that's misogyny. Speaking over black women is misogyny. It's like speaking over. Mansplaining. Um, mansplaining. What's another? Emotional manipulation. All those things. That's misogyny <laughs> like so it's like look at look how quickly all of that unraveled when I came to tell you about yourself, look how quickly your pseudo feminism unraveled when I came to tell you about yourself, and that's always the blockage that I've come to. That's like that's always the wall. It's like I'm I'm getting close, I'm getting close, I'm getting close. I'm thinking like, okay, cool, maybe I can make something good here. Right? And then boom, I hit that wall. I hit that wall. It's like it's like I don't know what it is with the men that I've dated. I don't know what it is with the men um in general with men in general, but it you know me critiquing you is not anyone critiquing you is not an attack on your character and if you feel like I'm if I'm telling you that you're doing something abusive or you're doing something that's not right or that's not um helpful for women and you think I'm attacking your character then that says more about you and your character than it says about me right no one's attacking your character And then if you feel like it's a part of your character, right? If you feel like the things that I'm critiquing you for are a part of your character, then that's, then we really have nothing to talk about because that's just, that's not good at all. If you feel like you can't change it, if you feel like it's a part of your character and you can't change it, then, I mean, I don't know where else to go from there because (laughs) that's really bad. So I think that's... um, that's the biggest roadblock that I face when it comes to dating as, as the person that I am. And, um, I do want to advise any black women that are listening to this, just don't compromise. Don't compromise. Don't compromise on that. Don't compromise on the importance of your feminism. just don't it doesn't help anyone you know you may be getting you may get what you need from this man but if he's only treating you with respect if he's only treating you with um you know you with respect and love then it I promise you that whole relationship will unravel quickly because it's bound to become an issue. Because the moment that you don't serve him in the, way that sh- in the way that he wants you to serve him is the moment that he will no longer treat you with that same regard. And he will go back to treating you the same way he treats all the other women around him, which is with complete disrespect. If not abuse. So... Don't compromise. Um, Don't sacrifice for the sake of not being or not feeling lonely. Because it's not worth it. I promise you. Don't try to fulfill yourself if you know that you can't get what you need fully out of it. And it's hard right? It's really hard, especially living in the society that we live in, where things like marriage and relationships have so much weight on our value. I am telling you now that a romantic relationship does not determine your value. A marriage does not determine your value. You having children does not determine your value. The only thing that determines your value is you. Yourself only. That's it. You don't need any of those things in order to be valuable. And someone who tells you that you do is peak, is at peak patriarchy. That is peak patriarchy. It's a social concept meant to hold women down, right? Cause, and just to be clear, I'm not saying you know if you do go get married or if you are in a romantic relationship, you are, you are um, appeasing to patriarchy and misogyny. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that your value is not based on your acquisition of those things. That's what I'm saying. Your value is not based on your ability to have those things, on your ability to get those things. And if you feel like you need to be alone until... I mean, if you feel like you're going to be alone until you find someone or until you are with someone who is willing to not be a piece of shit, not be a trash-ass individual, not not be um, someone who abides by patriarchy and its subsystems if you feel like you know if you feel like you need to be like if you feel like you are going to be alone for a while before you get that that's okay it is okay to be by yourself right because in reality you are not alone simply because you don't have a romantic relationship I'm sure, like, you know, most people have friends. Most people have family. Most people have people in their corner. um, Even if they don't have a romantic relationship. And and I'm really in a space where I finally shifted from that mentality of, I'm alone because I don't have a boyfriend. I'm alone because I don't have this. To, I'm not alone, right? Because I have all these people around me that love me. I have all these people around me that I love and i'm fine i'm fine until i feel like i'm until i feel like i have gotten or until i feel like i have met someone that that is just that is willing right that is willing um and that's another thing like i don't want people to think that I don't want people to think that um you just have to be alone until you find the perfect man like no that's not what this is either or until you find the perfect person i'm sorry i should say i think i already mentioned it but i should say that i'm speaking from a heterosexual experience so um i keep saying man because that's the majority of people that i date um but if you have a different experience please feel free to like just switch out those pronouns to whatever they need to be um but also yeah I just don't I don't want people to think that you know I have to be alone until I find the perfect person nobody is going to be perfect nobody is perfect okay you're not perfect I'm sure that there are flaws that you have that you know could easily be um negative factors within a relationship everyone has flaws everyone has their own issues it's okay okay Right? Nobody needs to be perfect, right? But I think it is important for someone to be willing, and I say this a lot. I don't need someone to be perfect. I need someone to be willing. I need someone to be willing to understand um, the concepts and ideas that I have for myself that I value for myself. I need someone to be willing to to listen. When I have critiques, I need someone to be willing to um, I need someone to be willing to feel like they are not above critique, and I need someone to be willing to to really understand the depths of patriarchy and the sus- and the subsystems that serve them. And just how far and deep it can go. And I need someone to be willing to unlearn those things. I need someone to be willing to take accountability. I need someone to be willing to apologize. I need someone to be willing to remedy their actions and their behavior. I just need someone to be willing. And until I find that someone that is willing to do those things right, to sit down and discuss those things with me, to sit down and and compromise and, and talk to me um, about the things that they don't understand, until I find someone that is willing to do that, then I'm okay with not being in a relationship. I'm okay with not having, you know, a solid romantic foundation. Like, I'm cool with that. Because I feel like accepting anything that is not as fulfilling as that is doing a disservice to myself and others. And I don't, I don't, I feel like I don't value romance enough to do that, to give my, to do a disservice to myself and the community that I'm a part of. I feel like I don't value men enough to do that, right? Right? It's just not, it's not worth it. So that's really all I want to say on that. Don't compromise. Don't, don't give in until you feel like you have found someone that is willing to understand you and the things that you need. Um, on both a personal and worldly scale. And I feel like, (laughs) I feel like I've been rambling about this, um, But hopefully the person that asked me that question, hopefully you have an understanding of what my dating life is is like, it does not exist. (laughs) It's like it does exist, but it's very, it's just, it's very like, it's, it's not, it's not solid. It's not solid. I will say that. Like, you know, I, it's just, it's not solid. You know, and that the reasons that I just stated are why it's not solid, because I haven't found someone that is willing to. um, That is willing. I just haven't found someone that's willing, entirely willing, not all the way, not yet. Um, So, yeah, that's really all there is to that. And I hope that the first question that I answered, I hope that the person who asked me that has also um, gotten what they needed out of that. And I'm going to keep it at two questions today because, you know, this is the first episode and I did want to, those were two very heavy, heavy questions um, that I felt like needed more information than um, what I would usually give. Just because those concepts and those those things are are complex <laughs> and they can be expanded in a multitude of ways. So I really just wanted to spend time on those. However, I do have more questions that I will be answering in episode two. Not as heavyweighted, um, a little bit more lighthearted, uh definitely, definitely some <laughs> some uh questions about my workout, my hair. <laughs> Which I feel like I keep answering this question about my hair, but hopefully in the next episode you guys will finally get the full understanding of how I do my hair and what I do to it and all those things. And um you know, some different questions about <laughs> the concept of men are trash, that'll also be on the next episode. I really hope that anyone that is listening to this I just I <laughs> I said it before and I'll say it again on the next on the next episode but I truly like anyone that says men are trash, I promise you is not attacking each individual man that they've ever known. I really promise you that and I I will expand on that on the next episode. So I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode. I am, you know, Like I said, I'm new to this. I'm rambling. I say I'm a lot. We're going to work on it. It's okay. Just stick with me and hopefully, you know, things get a little better. Um, If you have any questions that you want to ask me, please send me a DM through Simi Moonlight on Instagram or Simi Moonlight on Twitter. You can also go to my website, simidoes.com, and click on bookings and just ask me your question in that little contact information bubble right there, um, if that works a little bit easier for you. And I will try my very best to answer them on the next podcast. Um, For now, thank you for listening to the first episode of Ask Simmy and we will be back soon.